Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe. And I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. I am really excited to welcome you to this conscious conversation because my guest and I have so much passion in common. And before I head into that, let me just invite you to please subscribe to this podcast or follow it in your app. Also, share it with someone, any any episode or anything at all that you that lights you up. Perhaps there's someone it would light up and I would appreciate it, definitely would light me up. And also, uh, you can find me on Instagram, and that is at Trisha Carr Charm, and the YouTube channel, and you can find that. It's just youtube.com slash Trisha Carr, or just search my name. I would love to connect with you in all of those ways. Now, I also want to take a moment to remind you that I do have a subscription platform that helps to, well, first of all, help us to connect more deeply if you enjoy the content here. It's eleven eleven a month, $11.11. We meet once per month for a workshop on, like, for example, the one that's coming up this Sunday is an intuition upgrade where I'll be channeling attunement for upgrading our intuition, and it's going to be amazing. We also have an amazing community. It's called Modern Mystic Life, I should tell you, the subscription platform. The community is incredible. People who are like-minded, like-hearted, and so supportive and brilliant. And we have incredible synchronicities because we come together as we're building a consciousness project, meaning that as we come together with the intention to expand, we we see that manifest when we get together. People having synchronicities in their life and among one another. It's so magical. In addition to the workshop, uh, we also have a, a a group live meditation once per month that I often, many of those I produce to my very, very high quality production standard and give as a download. And this is the bones of it as well, is that two to four to sometimes six times per week, you receive conscious content, multimedia video, audio, energy updates, exclusive training and teaching and um this is all delivered to you very easily, super, super easy, very high quality and easy, just on your SMS text messenger. And you just, it's so, it's so like, there's no login. I'm just like everyone, when I switched over to this new platform, by the way, they are my friends at Hey Daily. If anyone is interested, you're like, how is she doing this? Go find Hey Daily. Tell them Trisha sent you. <laughs> and when I switched over to it, all of my existing subscribers were just like, wow, I love this. It's so great. So shout out to that. I would love to connect with you there. If you want to do it's it's light in a lot of ways, low commitment, but a lot to be able to dig into. Super easy, very low cost, extremely high value. It's a it's a, in a way a gateway, but it's also a way to just kind of keep humming along the pulse of your spiritual life. And then, of course, I also have my Mind Body Excel, Ascension Accelerator Coaching. This is my, my um, premium ticket item. It's my signature using absolutely everything that I am and have in a very small group container with spiritual osmosis, 
popping off like nobody's business, meaning that as one person grows, the other one is growing. And um, it's really, really powerful. So you can find the, the description and a link to check that out. It is by application. And I as, I, as I am recording this, I have one or two spots left. I can't, I think it's two spots. Yeah, two spots left. But then the doors will be closed for a while. That's for if you are really, really ready to commit and shift. That's about all I want to tell you about right now. And now I want to invite you into this conscious conversation with Tressa Rivera. Like most coaches and traditional therapists, Tressa had been trying to make habit changes by talking to the conscious awareness, but wasn't getting the results that she and her clients were looking for. When she started to add hypnosis for weight loss, she started to see big changes in her clients. This began Tressa's journey into hypnotherapy, and she never looked back. Now, Tressa is certified with the American Board of Hypnotherapy, Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique, and Clover Neuro Solutions. She's trained in NLP and is a certified life coach and health coach through the Health Coach Institute. Tressa says, It is my pleasure and my passion to bring awareness to the brilliant power of the unconscious mind and the remarkable healing that takes place through hypnotherapy. There is no greater joy than resolving the prison of trauma, limiting beliefs, and negative emotions my clients have been in for years, because I once had been in that prison myself. Well, if you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, then you might recognize the similarities, the things that I have in common with Tressa. I'm also a hypnotherapist. And actually, this is what is not mentioned in this bio that I didn't include was her enthusiasm and her passion and the tool of human design. Tressa is a manifester, and she says that in this episode, she even tells us that she really needs to use the human design chart in order to really guide someone in their hypnotherapeutic journey because it is that valuable. So we go nuts talking about so many things, human design. I know you will find something inspiring. If you haven't gotten your human design chart yet, go look it up. And you can do that. You can just Google human design chart and you will see uh, Jovian Archive or any of the other resources and just, you know, make a note of your design type, which would be manifestor, projector, generator, manifesting generator, reflector, one of those. And maybe your profile you'll, you know, at some point be able to dig into, but make a note of that because we talk a little bit about those numbers. But your strategy and authority, that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, especially the strategy has to do with your type. Your authority has to do with something else. And that's, it'll say it right there on your chart. So grab that. Even if you're driving, like look it up, I mean, pull over and look it up and keep it in your noodle because, and then maybe look up your partners, your moms, your best friends, something like that. And because um, we're going to talk about a lot of things to do with human design and a lot of the different types, strategies, and just the miracle that you are. So without any further delay, welcome to this beautiful, conscious, exciting conversation with Tressa Rivera, and I will chat with you on the other side. I can't wait to crack into everything, Tressa. <laughs> we <laughs> did everything we could to hold our tongue so that we could share it with the audience here on the podcast. So I'm just like 
two Pisces too. We're going to just be like two water hoses directed at each other, I think, right? <laughs> Get ready, audience. You're going to be puddles by the time we're done yeah. with you. You're going to be really moist. <laughs> That's weird. That got weird. I don't know. So <laughs> it's great. It's funny. I thought it was funny. My water sign thought that was hilarious. Right, right. Oh, I'm very muddy too, because you're double earth. You're water with double earth. I've got an earth moon. So we're going to have the best mm-hmm. time. But we are here to talk about all things Tressa, all things human design, all things hypnosis, hypnotherapy. So would you please share with everyone about your journey, how maybe how you got into the work, but really about the work that you are doing? Yes, absolutely. So um, I started waking up about 14 years ago. Yeah, I was born and raised um, Mormon and I left the Mormon church and Mm. I went soul searching and I I found spirit and I had a lot of um, emotional wounds, traumatic wounds. If you guys know what human design is, I'm a manifester in human design. So I'm only 9% of a population, not as rare as Trisha, but it is very hard, lonely, uh, especially to be raised in such religious constraints. And I had experienced some pretty severe trauma as a child. And so I I started to wake up. I found Abraham Hicks. I found Baba Ram Das. I found, you know, all of the great teachers, Louise Hay and Dr. Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and just all of them. And I, I started to study and I started to learn and I, I understood it at a logical level. And yet I was deeply triggered I was deeply angry. I had so many suppressed emotions and beliefs that didn't serve me and trauma. And like so many of us, we step into this spiritual world and we use the logical mind to try to heal what's in the unconscious mind. We try to talk about our our wounds to heal them. And it just doesn't work that way because they're rooted in the unconscious mind. So after about, I want to say 10 years of that right? Um, I was got pregnant with my son Riker. So he's my, my middle son. And this was about three years ago, four years, no, six years ago. It's about six years ago. He, um, I, I ended up contracting a very rare autoimmune disease. It was one in a million. Mm. And I was very sick my whole pregnancy. I had literally boils all over my skin, like fire for six months. It was Mm. excruciatingly painful. So when I had my son, the doctors, it got 10 times worse. And the doctor said, your body is reacting to your hormones. Um, This is going to happen to you every single month when you get your period. Um, That's just the way that it is. Like after your pregnancy, it's it would continue on is what they thought. Oh, I guess if the autoimmune remained. That's right. Okay. That, that's what they told me. Like initially it had, they said that the, the pregnancy, it was pregnancy related. And then they said, but there's a very good chance, like a 90% chance you're going to, it's going to attack your own um, hormones when you're on your period. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after you have a baby, you don't get your period for six months or whatever. And I spent that entire time obsessing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, you know, if I understand this information, then I wouldn't have gotten sick in the first place. So I must not really understand it. Right. Mm. And it's this, this whole concept of like being so honest and truthful with yourself, you know, like you want to understand law of attraction. You want to stand, understand energy. You want to understand spirit. And yet you're in this place in your life and you're looking around and life will always reflect to you out outwardly. What is going on inwardly? And I really had, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had to take a big slice of humble pie Mm. and admit to myself that even though I understood it here, I didn't know it here. Yeah. And so I went through this healing process where I actually, I learned, I had to learn how to actually meditate, Mm. which is something that so many of my clients say, well, I can't meditate. My mind is too active. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait until your body's on fire and you have no choice because (laughs) meditation is literally the only thing that's going to help heal you. And you're for, I felt like, I felt like everything in life was forcing me into my body was like, this is the Mm. only path to healing. I knew it. I wasn't going to go on any more medication. I wasn't going to be a slave to the doctors. I was not going to do that. And so I started to meditate and I really started to heal. Um, I started to work with my body, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what a lot of this work is. I started to work with my body. And as, as soon as that started to happen, I started to, my sister was studying hypnosis and she's like, hey, this is really amazing. And I'm like, I know Abraham Hicks. I've got this. Like, <laughs> I, right? can quote her. I can quote her. I'm done. <laughs> um, I know it all. And she's like, well, I really need somebody to practice on. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a humble place. Let me just keep an open mind about it. Within my first three hypnotherapy sessions, I let go. I healed mm. so much trauma. I, I got more work done in three hypnotherapy sessions than I did in 10 years of self-development. And it's because we were healing unconscious wounds Mm -hmm. at an unconscious level. And that's when I knew that this is what I needed to be doing. And um, then, you know, I started my business about six months after I started my hypnotherapy business, I found my teacher, Dan Edwards with the human design advantage. And I had my first chart reading And he blew my mind. So I called him up for another one and he blew my mind and I called him up for another one. And after my third session, he says, you're a manifester. You can't learn traditionally. You can't go to traditional human design school. Why don't I give you private lessons? And I've only been doing that. This is my second year in my human design experiment, but I am doing chart analysis as if it's my third or fourth. That's how obsessed. I obsessively (laughs) study and listen. And I got to the point where with my clients in hypnotherapy, it was like, I can't serve them without using human design. Mm -hmm. How do I know what is a a wound and what they're designed to be? I mean, you are designed to go through crisis and you specifically are designed to help other people through crisis. Me specifically? Yes, specifically. By looking at my chart? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. And, and without understanding the human design system, you Mm -hmm. would think somebody who's been through crisis so many times, well, what's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with that. That's how you grow. And that's how you learn. And that's what the world needs you to help other people get through. So I have found so much value in understanding what somebody's supposed to be and what their unconscious wounds are healing them at an unconscious level. And so that's what I do now. I help people step into their own human design experiment. Mm -hmm. I make it easier for them to follow their strategy and authority Mm -hmm. by healing their suppressed emotions, their trauma. You know, once it's healed, it doesn't come up anymore. That's the thing. If if something is continuing to come up, it's not really healed. (laughs) Right. 
And that means physical manifestations, like if you're having, if you're autoimmune returned or something, as well as, you know, events and relationships and patterns of other kinds, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's that your body and your life is showing you at, at an exterior level, you know, what I call triggers, emotional triggers. Those are gold mines. Oh, yeah. Right? It's right? screaming. It's screaming. Oh. Know me. Know me. <laughs> <laughs> know me. And most people are like, oh, shove it back down. Shove it back down. It's like How you're already it? you're already holding the injury of it. It's and it's weird. Like we think that when we're triggered and there's something in there, that the more we acknowledge it or uncover it or put our awareness on it, that it, we're going to be hurt. But the hurt is there. And the second we give it awareness, it airs out. It starts to heal. Yeah. And I have well, I have to remind myself that even though I know that and have experienced it a million times, something bu- bubbles up and I'm like, I don't want it. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do want it, and I will be okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a valuable information, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I got this image, which it's. <laughs> I've never gotten it this clearly before. Actually, they downloaded it in as both the clairaudiently and a clairvoyant image. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, because of course you and I are both hypnotherapists. We know that actually the unconscious or the subconscious mind is your body. Like from the neck yeah. down, that's your yeah. subconscious mind, literally. Yeah. And yeah. and more. I mean, your subconscious mind is also ephemeral and non-local. But and at any rate, they said, yes, because the human's problem is that they continue to want to understand, meaning stand under the energy stand under the information but information is a verb and it's only going to become informed when it's embodied we Ooh. keep it we keep it as a canopy that we stand under and we're looking up at it saying what's that how do i get that but we're supposed to embody it to make it inform yes oh, i know oh, me too oh, i was like oh well, i have oh. hey i've been doing this for this long why didn't you say that before yes <laughs> Yes. That's yes. so it. And yeah. And to to add on to that, um, something else I do on the side that I don't talk to a lot of people about it. I don't do it publicly, but I channel me and my husband. I do too. I'm a channel. Yes. I mean, yes. yeah. I mean, so hello, hello mm-hmm. you know, it's that's where I get my big information from. Yep. And mm-hmm. the the collective we channel, well, I channel my husband is the question asker. They speak a lot about how the mind treats the body like a slave. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly oh. what you just said, right? With the, you know, the mind is constantly forcing the body. The body says, I'm hungry. And the mm-hmm. mind says, well, you can't be hungry right now, X, Y, and Z, right? The body mm-hmm. says, I'm tired. And the mind says, well, you can't sleep now. You have to X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And when I found human design, when I really understood the difference between the red and the black and the body graph, everything in red is the body. Everything Mm -hmm. in black is the mind. Now, we know through hypnotherapy, and you can Google it, 5% of your brain power is in your conscious awareness. It's in your Mm -hmm. mind. 95% of your brain power is in your unconscious awareness, including all of your bodily functions, your digestion, your heart rate. Quite literally, the unconscious mind is the body. It is the mind of the body. And everything you just said about the understanding, like, oh, 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 my body felt that. That was yeah. so good. I want to, I don't want, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you, how do we do that? I want to make sure I put a pin in that. How do we bring it into the body? How do we move it? Like, what are some of the ways? Obviously we can say hypnosis, hypnotherapy and everything. That's one thing. But I want to digress a hair just because I know there is this mind 
collective mind that complains about how you said in your story, I don't really know this stuff because I wouldn't have this. People call this toxic uh, spirituality to say to blame the victim. And of course, you're not blaming anyone. You're saying you're saying my my body is doing this. My body is showing me how I have not healed and it is manifesting it because the subconscious mind will always get what it wants and what it needs. And it will do that sometimes by creating boils on our body mm-hmm. or it will do it by making us uh, stub our toes. So we slow the F down and, you know, whatever, or it'll break a relationship. So uh, because we have been doing, you know, it's not an aligned relationship at any point that I, I loved how I felt very deeply when you said, when you had that realization, I felt deep responsibility in you. You weren't blaming or shaming or judging. You were saying, come to Jesus. This is what the deal is. And that, that you, do you know what I mean? You, you hear people say like, oh, you're blaming the victim. Metaphysical new age blames the victim. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's actually the mind. It's actually the 3D trying to hijack the 5D, um, yeah. you know, experience. So I just wanted to put that out there. Do you have any, you, anything you want to respond to with that? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I will work with clients or I'll work with people and help them try to understand the concept that your body knows exactly what it needs to do in order to heal. I mean, think about it. You get a cut and what does your body do? It starts to repair itself right away. It's from the inside out. From the inside inside out. out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Natural function at a cellular level is to repair and to regenerate. And the only reason why it cannot is because we have belief systems which create emotions in the body which prevent the body from doing what it naturally does and lovingly the body will show you i look back at the experience that i had and it was by far the most painful duration it was a year long experience that i was in severe pain ever i couldn't walk i had such severe boils on and mind you i'm pregnant and then I'm postpartum I'm healing from having a baby I'm nursing while I have boils on my breasts I mean this was very intense and very painful it's actually been just recently where I'm like you know what I need to start talking about this because for a long time it was like don't look at it don't talk about it zoop law of attraction zoop zoop right and it wasn't until I understood that at an emotional physical level I was creating this disease within myself and my body is so brilliant that the second that I stopped creating that disease, my body would naturally do what it does and heal. And it did. Mm-hmm. And I, there's <laughs> zero parts of me believe that I will, that it will ever come back because I just know I'm like, well, if it does, that is because I'm out of an alignment with my thought patterns, with my beliefs in some way, easy. We'll just heal them and then the body will naturally heal itself again. It's no big deal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what about, I mean, there are probably some issues, physical issues that we come in with, obviously, you know what I mean? And it's a part of the path and it's a part of the journey and it's a, it's one of the gifts. And so I also want to acknowledge that, you know, that it's, it, we're not saying that, disease or injury or illness is bad it, it, that's a judgment no. it's it's but not it, bad. whether something is correct for you or not aligned for you or not right mm-hmm. I've, I've heard i think it was in a journey of souls uh th- that he said that there's a long line for uh, for souls to incarnate with 
what we call disabled bodies because right. there's so much, it's such a better journey of learning. It's so much more right. valuable. So and I just love that, uh, that model. So, you know, w- can you speak to the dis- that distinction? You know, what about chronic or what about ones that are genetic or inborn? Obviously, we know we respond to our genetics, but that probably is a part of the chart. As you were saying, some people, a part of their journey is to move through challenges in certain ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the disease that, and I wasn't born with any disease, but mm-hmm. I view that disease as the best thing that ever happened to me because mm-hmm. it taught me lessons I would never have learned without that disease. Now, I am uh, certified with Dolores Cannon okay. um, and her quantum healing hypnosis. And mm-hmm. um, Dolores Cannon speaks a lot of that too. Where yes. Maybe it was her. It could be, I don't know if it was Michael Newton or if it was Dolores. I just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> model. Yeah. yeah. And so I um, am also in alignment with understanding that there's a, a big overall karmic cycle and all of this and, and whether your ailments are coming from something that happened in a past life, or if you chose to come forth in this body to learn whatever lessons there are, the whole point, I think really of what I do in human design is to find sovereignty in your own body. Mm -hmm. If you came with a physical ailment, find sovereignty in that love yourself in that love the ailment that you have you are unique this is something you're here to learn massive lessons around and us as a collective as a humanity we need you to learn those lessons for you mm-hmm. because you are me and i am you and at the end of the day we're all just different faces to this beautiful faucet of a crystal that are we're all learning the lessons at a different place and yeah. it really comes down to that like find love in you for, for the life that you, and by the way, you know, we're going through a spiritual evolution and us beings that are incarnated now, when we're here to heal generational trauma, to heal past life trauma, to heal childhood trauma. So I view, uh, we're spiritual warriors. Yeah. Those that are living with disease, like you are warring through it. And, and if you want support, we're here. Like we're here to support everybody and being who they are. Mm. Preach. <laughs> so, well, two things I want to talk about 2027, but I want to also move back to this model of standing under, understanding versus yeah. letting it become in form, embodied. Yeah. I mean, we're standing under information if we're understanding information, right? So then we want to let it be in formation, meaning it comes into the body. Can you just speak or expand to, like, someone needs to book a session with you clearly or or more, but today in their home or in their car, at their work, how can we bring some, What can you shed some light on how, on that process of information and embodiment? Yeah. Understanding comes from the logical mind. Yeah. And in order to get that embodiment of the information, you need to move beyond the logical mind. Now, this means quieting the mind. This is quite literally meditation. Now, when we're looking at it from a hypnotherapy practitioner standpoint, we're going to look at the brain. The brain functions it goes through natural cycles throughout the day. Obviously, you know, you know, this information, we sleep in Delta. It's Mm -hmm. the brain waves of Delta are very slow. We wake up briefly come out of theta and then we are awake in beta. This is our conscious awareness. This is our thinking state. This is our logic state. We're going to be strategic. It's kind of like 
our, you know, our bullshit detector, excuse my language, where if somebody says something that doesn't resonate with us, our conscious awareness will be like, no, I'm not Mm -hmm. believing that right now. When we sit down for as little as 90 seconds, we fall into alpha. This is the first altered state of consciousness. When you sit down to get on your, your cell phone or to watch TV program, you start to become, um, relaxed and open to suggestion. Now, this is what commercials are about. This is why ads and commercials. And social media and all of it. Social media, right? And politicians. Oh my gosh. Oh, if your conscious awareness is not on guard, standing up, like holding, nope, I'm not going to believe that. If it's set aside a little bit in alpha, Oh, I should buy that. I should believe that. I should think that, right? And, and that's why so, they put the news on at 11 a.m., 11 p.m., 10 p.m. That's exactly yeah. why. They're just trying to shove it into your unconscious belief system, right? As you fall into, now now we're really tired. We're going to get ready to go to sleep. We're going to lay down. We're cozy. Right before we go to sleep, we see those pictures. Right before we go to sleep, and that's theta. That's the deepest state of trance, and then we fall back into delta. And so to really help people understand that to get beyond your conscious mind means that you have to be relaxed. You have to start practicing um, mindful techniques, which mindful is really it's opposite. It's like it's mindless. Mind I know less I say that all the time. <laughs> empty the mind. We mind empty. empty. <laughs> mind empty. Yes. And it's amazing to me how in meditation, Now, and hypnotherapy is doing the same thing, by the way. We take you down into alpha and deeper into theta if it's appropriate. Now, within that, beyond the logical mind thinking A to Z, you will get downloads of information. Mm -hmm. And that is the embodiment of information. I see it in my clients all the time. I do a lot of... um, I studied David Grove. I'm not sure if you know who that I'm is. I'm not familiar who that is. Huh? He, oh, you you definitely want to look him up. He's amazing. He does a lot of, he calls it symbolic coaching. Okay. And so he does a lot of metaphor works where every emotion that you have is actually trapped inside the body somewhere. So we will go into the body and we will develop a metaphor, right? Mm, Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a black ball with spikes and it's in my heart. And Oh yeah, I do that. I, I mean, I did that before any of my training, but it also sounds very NLP. You know what I it's, mean? Like we're it is, changing yes. the submodalities. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's an NLP technique. And, yeah. and, and what we do is we move the metaphors through, right? Mm-hmm. We change the metaphors to help them turn into something different. And within... Because so for the listeners out out there, your unconscious mind speaks a different language than your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Your unconscious mind speaks in metaphors and symbols and images, right? Trisha might say, um, you know, I love to go swimming and hiking and the unconscious mind will have a picture. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's a swimming pool or maybe it's something obscure like a orange rectangle, but that's what represents swimming to her, right? Mm-hmm. So the conscious mind isn't aware of what's happening in this symbolic work. And once we start to move these symbols through clients, you can see it in their face. It's this like, oh, oh embodiment. Yeah. I understand now. Mm-hmm. I am actually this way and this way and this way, where before I thought that I was this way and this way and this way. And so when you get beyond that logical mind, the understanding, the mind is so tricky. It thinks it's going to teach you. 
Yeah. It thinks it's going to make you understand, but it's really just 5% of your brain. It's really and it lets, it's letting go. It's letting go of its slave driver. Yeah. Because really all the conscious mind, if I can add to it, the conscious mind is not creative. I mean, it can, it can move things around, you know, it can move around different tools, but it's basically a tool shed and it's, it knows what happened and it, it can, it can project from the data that it has what might happen and then it can execute tasks, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not creator energy. It's not intuitive energy. It's just shifting things around. And we do need the conscious mind. That's part of the problem of yes. what's going on because we are in the suggestible state so much. And then we aren't using our logic and reasoning. So we use both, but really this, the unconscious or the subconscious, the way that it really works is like the intuition. Intuition is only, uh, you can only hear it if your emotions are calm because the chemicals in the body created by emotional you know, stimulation, which you're open emotional, so am I. That, but it doesn't matter whether you have an open emotional center or not. Same thing. It Emotions have to be calm, yeah. and then you can feel the intuition, which is housed in the unconscious, the subconscious in the body, mm -hmm. and then we then that can bubble up into the mind, and then then it can magnetize to it from the conscious mind what those tools are, and then we then we walk on the earth or we talk in the earth, and now we have really manifested it. And so it's popping up around all through those. That's the way I see it. But the conscious mind is logic, reasoning, analysis, willpower, and decision-making. Mm -hmm. None of that is choice. Choice is more holistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And choice is something that happens from your body, right? That's And this is why I love the human design system. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because in human design, it teaches you that your mind is an outer authority, it has no authority in your decision-making process. Your body has the authority in making a decision-making process. Your mind is brilliant for as an outer authority to everybody else. Like what you say to your clients and how you teach on your podcast, especially as a reflector, you have such a brilliant outer authority to so many people. And we need your conscious mind for that. But it is useless to you when it comes to making decisions. <laughs> and that's how we all are. I know. But I just love statements like that. It's, it just, it tickles my five. I'm a five one profile. I'm like, I love, I love it. It sounds a little disruptive. And so I'm like, I love that. It just um, is, you know, it's just like, it's just like. It's useless. <laughs> I'm going to try. It's, it's useless. My mind cannot make decisions for me. My no. spleen makes decisions for me, you know? And now yes. you have no inner authority, which mm -hmm. is so rare in human design, you guys. Most everybody has a place in the body, in the body, yeah. that is the inner authority. So for example, my inner authority is my spleen. This is my lymphatic system. Mm -hmm. The splenic awareness truly is your um, immune system, your lymphatic system, your fight or, you know, fight or flight. It's this in the moment um, and your lymphatic system is, it's weak. It's not like strong. Your spleen only speaks once and it only speaks in the moment and you either listen to it or you don't. And it's almost an urgency. It's, it's a, uh, do this, say this. Very instinctual. It's, it's instinct, immediate. It's, it's, prim it's primitive. It's, it's primal. Primitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also intuitive. It's mm -hmm. that intuitive movement of the, sometimes I will just find my body getting up and doing something. And again, I'm a manifester, so it's going to change from type. I'm a pure doer, mm -hmm. so it's just going to get up and do something. Generators, a lot of them have their inner authority in their their sacral, their sacral authorities. And the, their body goes, uh-huh, 
Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, ooh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-huh. <laughs> right? We you... all know. Like <laughs> yeah, I love sacral authorities. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, was listening, I was listening to a podcast, um, some other podcast, mm-hmm. and there were two hosts with, and it was, she was a psychologist. I have no idea. I don't know, literally. You know, they didn't talk about human design, but I'm like, she is a sacral authority because every <laughs> question they asked her, she would start, she'd go, mm, yes, that's a good question. And well, actually, the way that works is, um, <laughs> there are so many noises and I just, it feels good. I love those it sacral noises. Feels good. And what those sacral noises are, it's the body speaking before mm-hmm. the mind has a chance Oof. to get in the way. Isn't that good? That's what I it love is. it. That's delicious. Right? When we have a generator client and we ask them yes or no questions, you know, do you like your job? And they go, uh-uh. Uh, or, or well. <laughs> like, mm, your body gave you the answer. Get or, your mind. Uh. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> That's a great one. Right? We all know. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they have to hear it themselves, you know, and um, again, same with the emotional authority. It's a place inside of our body. You can't hear your body when you're in an emotional wave. Yeah. You just, it's like the opposite of hearing your body. It's like, well, you need to settle down so you can hear your body Yeah, mm-hmm. type of authority. But when it, that's, that's truly why I love the human design system, because it's like, let's take the power away from the mind. The mind is the passenger. Yeah. The body is the vehicle. Yeah. The body was designed to drive itself. Allow your body to drive. Treat your body like a partner. Not it's a, like, yeah, it's a self-driving, it's it's a self-driving vehicle, but we keep putting someone in the driver's seat with the mind. <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed to be in the passenger seat? And the it's an alive vehicle as they talk honestly about uh, UFO sightings. They always say that when, you know, like real sightings, it seems like the actual vehicle, the the UFO, the 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 travel device was alive. It was like an organic kind of, you know, the UFO, the craft was actually organic and alive itself. And that's that's us. <laughs> that's what our bodies are. That's what our bodies are. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, we are all born into families that homogenize us, mm-hmm. that teach us that we're all the same. We all need to eat the same, sleep the same, learn the same, be raised the same. And so many people are taught out of being who they are. They're taught to hate who they are. They're taught to feel shameful for who and what they are. And they're taught to be something that they're not. And in rave psychology, this is where all psychological disorders come from, Mm. from creating a persona of somebody who you are absolutely not and hating and denying what you are. I have um, a lot of clients that I work with who are manifestors and who are emotional manifestors and who are told their entire lives that they're crazy, that they're psycho, that it's not okay for them to be angry, that it's not, and they grow up hating themselves. It is a chemistry that they cannot deny or get over. Manifest or anger is a chemistry. And when you understand that it's part of the body, it's not something to hate. Mm -hmm. It gives you this permission to be who you are, to love who you are, to love your body and its design, you know, and we just live in a, a very conditioned, it's sad to see everybody yeah. out there, you know. And I feel like, I think that the the manifestors get the rawest deal. The mind thinks most poorly, our conditioning judges m- most harshly the not-self theme of anger. 
of all of the design types. And I know like even Karen Curry Parker, like she, she's like, I like, she just doesn't even want to say that. Like she has made it into something else, but anger is the most abhorrent. Like you can be frustrated. Oh yeah. We all go through that. You can, you know, you can be bitter. I mean, I don't like that. That's kind of gross, but whatever it's. And you know, I'm just disappointed, <laughs> but being angry is like, you better not be. That's like criminal. And I think you guys right. get the rawest deal from the mind conditioning about what is that natural process for you of what we call anger, the not self, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, we live in a society who's trying to cancel anger. Mm. They're trying to cancel <laughs> negative emotions. Like, <laughs> um, but they don't go anywhere. You're just going to continue yeah. to suppress them and, yeah. and eventually pop off. And, 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 you know, as a manifester, it is, it's a chemical reaction. The only way I can explain it is it's when, when, and it happens when somebody tries to stop us. Yep. Mm -hmm. We just need to do what we do. And when somebody tries to stop us, it's like a glow stick cracks yeah. inside. It cracks. And it right? has to go and somewhere. Then, All that glow, that neon has to go oh, somewhere. Oh, it has to go somewhere. And mm -hmm. you either express it or you suppress it. Mm -hmm. It's Oof. a one or the That's other. Scary. The suppression Either sounds scary to me. <laughs> when I healed all past, and I do timeline therapy. I'm sure you're. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, therapy. I do it as yes, well. Yes, uh yes. -huh. And so when I disconnected all past anger and I was able to appropriately be angry in the moment, my appropriate anger is 10 times worse than anybody else's appropriate anger. But it's appropriate for me. Yeah. And when I stopped suppressing my anger, my husband was like, wow, hypnotherapy is making you really angry. And I'm like, actually, it's not. Good. Actually, I'm just able to express my anger. And so I truly will. When I feel my manifestor anger coming up, I inform, hey, I'm starting to feel really angry right now. I need to go be alone so I can express my anger. I remove myself. That's what I want to ask you. What What is a helpful way? Because obviously, I mean, we would all agree that screaming at someone while you're angry and blaming them, projecting it on them is not the way to go. So how do you, what's, what is it, when your anger is appropriate, what's the appropriate way to process it as well? Is informing and, de and departing? I, I inform become. and I have little kids too. Yeah. Now, manifestors are not designed to be mothers. I love my kids dearly. I would die without them. Yeah. But I recognize in myself that like if I'm doing something and my kids come up and they stop me, there is a knee jerk chemical reaction that happens. And I can, I usually will stop it. I'll usually take a deep breath. I inform my kids all the time, all the time. I say, listen, I'm, I'm angry and it has nothing to do with you. You are a good boy and I mm. love you. And I'm not mad at you at all, but sometimes I get angry and I need to go feel my anger. So I'm going to go in the other room for a minute and I'm going to go feel my anger and then I'll be right back. Right. And I do, I go in the other room. I stomp like a little kid. I scream <laughs> into a pillow. I throw things. It's a physical expression. Oh, wow. Cool. The fight or flight <laughs> needs to physically express. I'm going to throw that. I'm going to punch the punching bag. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I lift weights, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go swing my kettlebell around a couple of times and it's it's like in the wild where where uh, a couple of birds get in a scuffle and then they they flap, flap it feathers. off yeah they yeah they it flap off. it off mm -hmm. and then it's gone i yeah. can get rid of that anger in five or ten minutes and then genuinely go back to my family with a calm nervous system because i let those chemicals explode out of me instead of suppressing them that's rad what, so other people are like okay i'm not a manifester 
how do I how do I express my frustration as a generator, my bitterness as a projector, and then disappointment? You know, that's yeah. I, I can speak to that. But if you have any, if you want to expand yeah. on those, can we do that? Can we play that game? I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. And I think that our greatest examples are our children. Mm. Now, our conditioning says that we can't act like little kids, but look at them. They purely run from the body, yes. right? My generator baby will sit there and build blocks and he'll try to build a tower and then it'll fall and he'll get so mad and he'll scream and he'll cry and then he'll keep going. He'll keep going. Now for a generator, you need to have somebody outside of you asking you yes or no questions. Mm. You need to have somebody come up to you and say, hey, like I'm talking to my my little three-year-old. Hey, Rook, do you want to keep building blocks? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I'll cry. And so for me, it's like, you know what? He's allowed to express his frustration. He wants to keep going. But if I go up to him and I say, hey, Rook, do you want to keep building your blocks? And he goes, uh-uh. And he keeps building. I remove him from the situation. I say, your body said no. You're done for now. Right? It's all about trusting. Now, the generators, it's like they have this V12 engine in their body without a gearbox. We need somebody out. That's a raw Uruhu metaphor. Oh, way. really? I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's like they need somebody outside of them to help them shift gears to mm-hmm. move into the next level. And so if you're a generator and you have a sacral or emotional authority, you either need a friend or a family member who won't judge you, who's not going to tell you, hey, Rook, I think you should stop building blocks. Yeah. You don't need somebody to tell you what they think you should do. You need a coach. Get a life coach, get a human design coach that is just yeah. going to ask you yes or no questions without judgment so that you can hear your response, right? And and if yeah, you're because frustrated. You need something to respond to. And so yes or no is fantastic. Simple, open-ended in a way, in, in a lot of ways, because if it's yeah. yes or no, then it's not – it's not leading. It's not a leading question. No, okay. I am. I would actually, I'm actually going to disagree with you on that one. Oh, okay. It comes to a sacral authority uh, because the sacral authority is designed to be yes or no. Mm-hmm. So, and now don't get me wrong. You have to have open-ended questions in there on occasion. But mm-hmm. when I'm coaching a generator, I will ask them an open-ended question to get them talking. And then mm-hmm. I will specifically ask yes or no questions about that open-ended question so that mm-hmm. they can hear their Yes, so that they can hear their yes or no answers. And then once we've explored that question, then I'll ask another open-ended question, you know. So you definitely want to throw it in, but you really want that yes or no because it's so quick and simple and you can trick them. (laughs) You just fire off questions and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, 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 uh-uh. Here's your answer. Yeah. And they're like, That's great. (laughs) Right. Moving past that conscious mind so they're not trying to think, thinky, thinkily. Yeah, bring it up, right? And be a good girl or a good boy or whatever, you know, that outside conditioning is. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, because you just think about with your son uh, with being frustrated with the blocks and I, if if he were my, the son of my family, he would have been told, okay, I don't like your attitude. So we're going to take away your toys and now you, and then he's just going to be like lost and rejected and having no control over his world and told that he is incorrect in, in oh. what is natural for him. But you, and by the way, you have to check out Tressa's Instagram because I love your reels about how you help your kids to live their strategy and authority. And I showed it to one of my friends who's also a human design reader and she's a splenic projector. And 
the one with your son who's a projector. And she was like, oh my gosh. She goes, when I was little, I used to sit inside my house and sit at the window and wait for the kids to recognize me and come invite me to play. And that was just natural for her. It is natural <laughs> for projectors. I actually posted that video onto TikTok and they were so mean to me. Oh, they were like, of course. Well, that's a way to give your kids just da 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 da. And I'm like, I had to do another video and I'm like, no, you guys, projector kids are are pretty shy naturally. They naturally will sit back and 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 just watch. It's the difference is that as a parent, most parents would take their shy child and say, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And they would go do it. Them. Yeah. Go, yeah, manifest their conditioning. Go do it. Go talk yeah. to them. And it's just this simple, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's know. really interesting. And we have to talk about the projector. How do they express their bitterness? Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that manifestors are 9%. Manifesting generators who have manifesting qualities, that's about 36%. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's interesting that we have the conditioning for both generator, sacral energy, uh, the motor centers, and then we also have manifestor, throat, throat basically energy that we're conditioned on. But if you do put the percentages together, that means that it's, it's still less than half percent of the population that has manifesting qualities of some kind, but it's such an active energy, right? So maybe that's right. why it kind of overwhelms because it's such an active, it's not a passive energy. And maybe because we've been, to mix in, we've been under patriarchy and divine masculine, like toxicity. <laughs> so I don't know. No, divine masculine, masculine toxicity. <laughs> I don't know. Riffing. Uh, you know, and, and when it comes to the manifesting generator, the generator, that divine sacral is so much more powerful than the manifestor energy. And it yeah. trumps the manifestor in the manifesting generator. That's why the manifesting generator has a generator type aura. And Mm -hmm. that's why they're taught to follow the response. Um, Honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, I have (laughs) part of my deconditioning is um, uh, generator envy. I have sacral envy. I look at manifesting generators and I'm just like, but why? Like, it's not fair. Like they, you know, they, and, and within that, their initiation has to come in response, but Mm -hmm. still once Mm -hmm. they know, then, then they have all of this energy in the world to, to put forth to what it is that they are doing. And they're just such beautiful creatures. And Um, I can feel, you know, it's interesting because there's this thing, I feel like the younger or the newer, newer aged teachers of human design, they just say it's, it's a, it's its own type. It's a fifth type. And I'm like, but first of all, I'm kind of a stickler. I'm like, but the person who channeled it, maybe he's not the He's not, he's not everything. He is the messenger. There's a reason why. And it's because that aura is, the aura is a generator aura. And then it has certain qualities in it. And so I was talking to my friend, the same one, Hillary Jackendoff, who's the splenic projector and reader. I was like, it's like saying an American that's gen- generator. And then maybe they're from Manhattan. And that's a different quality that, you know what I mean? Like that generator yes. is from Manhattan <laughs> as opposed to the, the generator who's from Wisconsin, like those are different energies, but still American houses it. And that is the first thing you think of, but the manifesting generator, it's still like those qualities that you, I can feel it. I'm like, I have a podcast guest or I'm like, you're a manifesting generator. Like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I actually, my aura is so sensitive. I, I'm pretty much 99.9% just by feeling someone's aura to, to have us, you know, be able to discern what the type is. But anyway, yes, that's, uh, 
and you are a great, you are a student of Ra'uruhu. I love that, you know. Are, are there any other teachers? Oh, no, sorry, I'm going on a thing. We want to talk about the projector bitterness. <laughs> oh, I had completely forgot, yeah. yeah. I know, I want to make sure because the projectors were like, great, we weren't recognized again. <laughs> projectors we need to take care of our projectors we need to protect our projectors you know and and as like humans are human so anytime somebody comes up with a big emotion they need to feel the emotion now the problem is is that when you are a child and you experience a big emotion let's talk about a reject uh re- projector and rejection yeah. uh let's say as a child you felt unseen and unheard, and you experienced rejection. You're just a wildflower, right? The projector children just get overlooked and overseen. Mm -hmm. And so you experience an emotion of rejection. Now, as a child, if you can't properly feel and process that emotion and get it through the body, the body will say, unconscious mind says, I love you so much. I'll hold on to this until you can process it. That's how much I love you. Until that need gets met. Yeah. Until that. And so the next time you feel rejection, the body says, oh, I remember this chemical. You felt it here. Do you want to heal it now? Are you ready to heal it? So it offers you that. And and as a child, now you're like, no, I can't process this rejection. It's too much. Shove it back down. So now projector adults, it's like a string of pearls, the way that your knowledge works. Rejection, 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 rejection. You're an adult. You feel rejection. It's not an appropriate amount in the moment because all of that suppressed emotions are coming up at the same time. And you're what? Supposed to feel it in the moment. It's overwhelming and it's hurtful. Yeah. And most people cannot. So they continue. And with that rejection, by the way, comes guilt comes Shane from my personal business in hypnotherapy, consistently working with rejectors, their mothers criticize them. They are taught self-hate. They are um, just rejected. I feel like a lot of, and they're, and they're sensitive to that rejection, you know, Um, being unseen and being unheard. Those are all consistent. I've seen in every single one of my projector clients, you know, the mother thing, I see that in a lot of female projector clients where Mm -hmm. they had bad relationships with their mom. They were criticized, talked down to. um, And I don't, you know, it's, that's. And so as a human being, if you cannot appropriately feel your emotions, I, I encourage you to go have deep unconscious healing through hypnotherapy, through breath work, through body work, whatever it is for you to get those suppressed emotions free. Um, and now it's really tough because projectors do need recognition. Mm -hmm. And so, and they can't just, hi, can you recognize me? Because, you know, their, their aura, we're talking about types and aura, their aura is like a bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. I also like to explain it as a magnet. Mm-hmm. When you're opposite end of a magnet, you're going to push people away and they'll just run away from you. But the second a projector stops and they wait for recognition and, and, and something that Ra has said before that really um, makes sense to me is that while a projector is projector is waiting, get good at something. Yeah. Study, master something. My, mm-hmm. my husband studies Bitcoin and finances. Oh, cool. And Mine people, too. <laughs> <laughs> they would probably love each other. Two projectors getting geeky on cryptocurrency. That'd be great. <laughs> of course, your husband is a projector who studies finances. Why wouldn't he? Um, that's so great because we have so much in common. Yeah. Um, 
And so again, when the projector just stops chasing after and they wait for recognition, they will naturally like a magnet pull people um, in. And that's the only way to really get around bitterness is to stop chasing after. Yeah. Get good at something, heal your emotional wounds and allow people to come because they will always be their promise in human design. Their promise without that, with that uh, penetrating aura is that they will be recognized. They cannot help but be recognized, mm. you know? You know, my husband, this was long, like I remember when we, early, early on when we were dating, we've been together 18 years, well before knowing human design. There are two things that he he said, this always happens to me or this happens to me so frequently. Um, one is when I'm I'm driving just like on a residential street. I've stopped at a stop sign. I'm turning. Someone is just coming toward me. Like they don't see me. Mm -hmm. And then also he's like, I'm in a restaurant or a bar or, you know, coffee shop. And they just look past me and they, they, so they don't see me. He said that two different scenarios. And I remember both times he told me that I was like, I don't think that happens to me. And it's the not being recognized thing. Yeah. It's the not being recognized. Yeah. And at the same time, I also want to say if you're a projector with a line two, like my husband is a five, two profile, which are both projection fields. Yeah. And so people see him, but they are also, um, they don't see him. They think that just like you. Well, the five, the five is a projection field and my husband's a three, five. So yeah, the five is a projection field. And so people project things onto you and then they don't really see you um, no they just they expectations yeah that's right mm-hmm. the five um it's like it's like you walk by a building and all of the lights are off and you look up to that building and you say i think that that would be a great space for a dojo mm-hmm. and then somebody walks up to that building and says i think that that building is old and decrepit and and ugly and bad and then somebody else walks up to that building and says i think that that's some rich guy's penthouse and mansion right you are a dark space. Nobody can see you. And so they project onto you what they think that you are now. A line two is the opposite projection. In a line two scenario, you're walking at night by a building and all the lights are on and the windows are open and somebody's walking naked in their own house, minding their own business and everybody else can see them. So people with a line two in their profile, they come to me and they're like, people just look at me. People just stare at me. I don't even know why. It's like everybody's watching me all the time. And I'm like, mm. because you have a line two in your profile. <laughs> I see. I would just be, because you're pretty. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they're quite literally watching you and looking at yeah. you. It's a pro- that two-way projection field. That's amazing. And I'm thinking of one uh, client who is a two and a projector, and I think she's two four. So I'm definitely going to bring that to her. I, <laughs> so I had a dream last night, a venting dream. Um, I'm venting a lot. I'm, I'm removing a lot of stuff from my body, especially with the, the motor centers, the root, sacral, uh, solar plexus, and heart. And the dream was I was it, what what I'm releasing as as a reflector. I'm releasing about being in places that are not correct for me, being in environments and people and places and stuff. And so I was, but what? But it was also now I'm realizing it was also my five energy because people kept looking at me and thinking things about me and saying passive aggressive things about me to me. I mean, or trying to like. Uh, make me into something, make me do something, make me be something. And, and it was all like very vitriolic, but I just, I really literally didn't belong there and it wasn't right for me. And so I was releasing that. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Wow. That, and that's so beautiful. Another in hypnotherapy, that's quite literally most people with line fives, we go back exactly what you said, where people are trying to make them do things. Mm-hmm. They expect certain things out of them. Um, you know, that, that is a thing with the line five and the pro and, and you think about childhood, you, mm-hmm. right. And it yeah. all goes back to childhood us. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, what yeah. expectations it's all about the inner child, right? right? All of inner children, really, because we have so many yeah. fractal children that we are in, inside. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. When we look at human design, we really just look at, at, at the little childhood you, because that's how we all got messed up. <laughs> exactly. Know? Even if, even if our parents were pretty damn good, it's yeah. just how it's going to be, you know? It's, that's how. Now, one of my missions in the work that I'm doing is to train parents. I'm actually in the process of creating a program right now where we are going to start training coaches to become human design parenting coaches. Where oh, we're going to take life coaches, train them in human design so that their clients who are parents, they can give them meat and potatoes. This is how you talk to your generators. This is how you talk to your manifestors. This is how you, this is how they follow their strategy and authority. And they're going to need consistent coaching. Parents are going to need coaches that know this information. We're going to I have, yes, you are, because I have a client. I've already mentioned her once. I hadn't mentioned her by name. And we had a conversation about you because I sent her like a couple of, and she's a, her, her child is just under a, a year old and mm-hmm. she's a projector. And she was like, so that's great. But I also want to know, like, I want to know about how to, you know, work with my child's human design. And I want to know how to work with my human design as a parent to my child. And she's actually about to complete a, uh, her program as a spiritual life coach. So I think oh, <laughs> it's going to be yes. just about right when you have that set up. It's going to be just about right for her because she's yes. going to be She wants that. It's it's needed. It is really needed. And it's we need needed. it for 2027, right? That's what we re- <laughs> Oh, we need it for 2027. I mean, this is, there is so much to unpack. Yeah. Um, around the so i've talked about it a few times on the podcast but 2027 we are shifting our global incarnation cross i'm going to just say that i'm going to let you talk about it now first of all you don't think it's like armageddon we're all just going to start running down the street with you know monsters and everything right it's going to be a slow process but i think there's also going to be an an immediate hit we're going to feel and sense but i want that's what i Talk about it. If you, are you ready to talk about that, or did I interrupt? Yeah, you? No, train of thought. <laughs> no, no, you're. That's beautiful. And and mind you, I am no expert, but I would love to talk to you about what yeah. I know from yeah. my teacher and what I know from my own personal um, insights. But you know, we're going through a spiritual evolution right now, and I think that it's really important to talk about how human design fits right in with this idea that we're transitioning from three D to five D. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. The vibration of the planet is increasing and therefore the vibration of the beings on the planet is also increasing. Now what 2027 basically is, is it's genetic mutation is starting to happen in human beings. This needs to occur because the physical apparatus we have right now is not conducive to the high amounts of energy our planet is headed in towards. And so it has real- already started channeling too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. So we shifted in the 1600s from a seven centered being to a nine centered being. Now, in 2027 marks the mutation, we go from being a nine-centered being to an 11-centered being. And with that, new children will be born. They'll be called rave children. Now, what Ra has said about these rave children is that they will not operate as 
uh, normal children. Most of them will be looked at as if they have a form of autism. Mm -hmm. They will not be speaking the same way as we are. And when you get them in groups of three to five, uh, Ra calls this a penta or a wall. When you get a certain amount of charts together, it activates certain gates and channels and yeah. it will create a, a type of like overtone and energy within the, the group. They will be able to telepathically communicate. Now, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day and I was explaining it the way that my guides explained it to me. In third density, it's as if you can look at an ice cube and it's very hard and it's very solidified and it's so very solid. Now, as we transition into 4D, that ice cube starts to melt a little bit. And when you put two ice cubes together that are melting, those waters are going to start to merge with each other. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so this idea of we're already doing it now, uh, picking up energy, picking up your thoughts before you think it, you mm -hmm. as a reflector are deeply psychic mm -hmm. as you pick up the energy of everything around you and of every person you meet. And so these children that are going to be born are just going to be born with these physical bodies that are more in tuned and adapt to translate energy at a higher frequency and all of the grown-ups especially the older ones are going to be looking at these kids like they're freaks like there's something wrong with them like this isn't okay and it's our job knowing this information to protect these children to raise them in their design um, they are an extension of us and it is a necessary process in this um, spiritual evolution that we're going through and so the the eleven centered being okay. Oh, so many things I want to mention, but I, I'm going to try to keep it concise. Yeah, we okay, and it's the solar plexus that is is um, splitting. Correct? Is that right? From from what I know, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. And the solar plexus is undergoing a mutation. And here's the thing: my downloads about it too. And I, you can tell me if I am understanding this incorrectly by what you understand or have downloaded. Is that some okay? This could be very specific to me. I have gene key 19 in three places in my hologenetic profile, which is a lot. And then I also have, you know, obviously gate 19 and I don't know, four, five places in my, in my human design. And mm -hmm. so that is the gate of the new human. And even though it's in the, it's in the root, it still somehow has a lot to do with that solar plexus and the solar plexus mutation that is happening. So I, as I understand it, is that maybe some of us forerunners, like maybe you and other guides, like that we actually are going to get a partial mutation on our solar plexus, even though we aren't born past that threshold. What do you think about that? Does that ring true to you at all? I am honestly, uh, I haven't heard anything about gate 19 from my okay. perspective, and I haven't studied gene keys as in depth as you have. To be honest, oh, I, I, I mean, very much. Yeah. yeah. So from what I know is in the incarnation cross mm -hmm. um, where we're going, we're transitioning into the sleeping Phoenix. Yeah. And so the global incarnation cross is going to be what they say a little bit more selfish. Yeah. Right? Individuated. So of individuated. Right. And mm -hmm. so and so what the, the whole running in the streets and fear for your life is about is, is that that people are going to start getting incredibly selfish and thinking about themselves. And again, this is an old seven centered way of thinking about it, mm -hmm. because when somebody who is deeply selfish, who is in alignment with love, what do they do? They selfishly help other people. Yeah. They mm -hmm. selfishly lift others off the ground. They selfishly grow their tribe. So I would I would 
truly love to talk to my teacher a little bit more about um, what you're talking about, feeling this. Honestly, from what my intuition says to me right now is absolutely you have been in the process of mutating your own body since the day that you were born. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's no doubt in my mind that when the year 2027 shifts, I mean, that's what we're doing by activating genes inside our body, by yeah. healing generational and trauma wounds. Like we're preparing our physical bodies for this mutation. And so even though I do not know what maybe my teacher would say or what Ra Uruhu would say, who is extremely pessimistic, by the way. I know. Ra-Uruhu. I don't like listening to what he says about it, but what a very dark. <laughs> yeah. um, He's like, all right. those children are going to be institutionalized. <laughs> no, if he could see the world and I do, I, I have a close relationship with, and as do thousands of analysts who we, you know, we speak with Ra. I feel his yeah, energy. Absolutely. And, and he didn't know then. Because he passed in 13 and right. Isn't that when he passed? Yeah. And now when you think about in 2012, the procession of the equinox opened the doors. Yeah. The planet started rising. The energy. I mean, when me and you were kids, they were mean. Oh, none of this. There was no, no niceties. There was no PC. There was no love. It was a very harsh world. People like us, we have one foot in the old world and we have one foot in the new world. Yeah. Right. We, Mm -hmm. we see this stark difference in energy on this planet and, um, something that raw would have acknowledged if he was alive today is the stark difference in energy. Yeah. He was, he was picking up on, um, just a potential pattern and, you know, he was projecting, he was like, um, filling in the blanks, the conditions of what that might look like. And that's great. That's fine. But do you see, we have to say also, obviously Dolores Cannon in her work, she talks about the waves of children and there's, there are two forerunning, um, more, way, way more than two, but th- we've already had a lot of children. Obviously, this boom in the last, I mean, really from the millennial generation forward of children with ADHD and autism and being on the spectrum, that is, that grew by like 600% almost overnight. And part, I mean, part of them, they say like, well, maybe we didn't diagnose it and some people grow out of it, but no, it's a lot more than that. It is way more demonstrative. So it already, Like it's already starting to seep in and lay the groundwork, don't you think? Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting to me because I look at a lot of these children being diagnosed and I just think Mm -hmm. in my head, this is simply the seven centered being trying to force these kids into being something that they're not, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that's the, 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 the aspect of it that is like, um, they're perfect in their own beautiful designs. And I'm with you. There is no accident that these disorders are, mm-hmm. are, are coming about. And, you know, and I, I think that it is important to say that there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, well, that's because you're vaccinating your kids and that's because of an X, Y, and Z. And that's because of yada, yada, yada. But what we talked about in the beginning around how it's okay to be, you know, if somebody's born without a leg, right, it's yeah. okay for them to be perfect in their own design. Mm-hmm. If a child is born on the spectrum, mm-hmm it's okay for them to be who they are in their design. It's like for us to stop looking at certain aspects of somebody like it's a handicap because we don't agree with it. You know, we need to support everybody in the way that they're designed because these kids that are going to be born are going to be very different. Yeah. And it's, it's again, the inner child, you know, how children are, 
they're cruel to the kid that they don't understand, you know, the kid that is different in some way, in any way, any perceived way, because they're afraid of it. And that's all, yeah, once again, back to the inner child, the broken inner child being afraid of what's different, not knowing how to handle it. The yeah. other parallel, the other interesting, um, I don't know, ground laying is much more recent than that. And that is with the pandemic and people who, you know, didn't want to go back to work and they call it the big quit or the big resignation because people are like, actually, I hated my job and my life the way that it was. And they got a moment of like <laughs> working from home, doing things that are, you know, more entrepreneurial. Like that's a selfishness that I think while it's immediately kind of painful on the economy or whatever, but it's a selfishness that I, I am cheering on. I'm championing. Obviously, you and I are doing that. So we're like, yeah, join us. It's hard, but do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Know? Don't you think that's interesting? That's that selfish quality that we're talking about. But it's a good yeah. selfishness. It's a self-care. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a self. Well, you know, the generators, their entire lives are told what to do. Mm -hmm. They come out as a child and they say, you know, clean your room, go to school, be a doctor, get an education, do this, do that. Generators are not one generator. Manifesting generator, pure generator. Generator types are not here to be told what to do. They are here to be asked what they want to do. Yes. And this is why they're slaves. This is why, like in the old ways before the, the projector, before the first mutation, it was manifestors and generators. Manifestors enslaved the generators. They took all of their sacral power and they told them what to do and they, they, they built the towers and whatever. Mm -hmm. The system, the collective system has been doing that with modern generators for a long time. Go to school, get a job, be a good kid. Let's put you in a traditional school system where we can prime you to be a good employee so that you'll give us all of your sacral energy and work your life away and be enslaved, right? And I think it's so brilliant. And again, the cusp of the spiritual evolution where these generators are waking up, recognizing their power. Can you imagine what the world would be like if every generator knew how powerful they were and did what they wanted to do and did what they wanted to do did what they were designed to do they would have oh. more sacral energy they would build more and their building is not just building it's healing it's it, you know yes. it would be amazing yeah absolutely yes. yeah the energetic buzz if you could if we could mm. meet from outer space right now and see the generator energy it's you know, the, the buzzing energy of the generator and, and for them to be cut off from that power, it's like what we could, the, the advancements that we could make as a tribe and as a collective and as a society could be thousand times more, yeah. you know, if the generators actually knew what they were. So, oh, yeah. Well, uh, so I could keep you forever. Oh, actually, there's only <laughs> one little thing that I want to, that I wrote down. So talking about the 11th century. So I, I have a strong connection to Sasquatch. Um, you know, the Sasquatch is actually just, I don't know if you are um, acquainted with Sasquatch, but Sasquatch is actually a real hominid, actually the original uh, hominid on this planet used as a part of the hybridization to create the human race that we are now. And they didn't go away, but they are more advanced, they're more natural here, and they use portals in the earth to, you know, go in and out, and they're telepathic and all that kind of stuff. And just Sasquatch approached me a while ago, and then, then I did one <laughs> when, when I was really I was sleep deprived for like a week because my cat was ill and I was helping him. And so, you know, when you're sleep deprived, you're just basically in hypnosis. 
you know, you're kind of walking around in a trance. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Three kids, yes, one hundred. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. That was my that was my kid being a baby, my my cat, and he. Anyway, so I wasn't trying. I wasn't asking for a download, but I was. I was actually I was driving, which is also very hypnotic. About to go on a trail hike, and Sasquatch just started downloading this information to me, and they told me that um, there is a Sasquatch who attends to um, at least one, if not two or three pre- reflectors. They are, char- they are, they also, I had to write it all down because I was in trance. They told me approximately what the population is. They said there's three different mutations or species or something of, of Sasquatch. And they are between 11 centered and 12 centered beings. Wow. And wow. so I was like, maybe the Sasquatch are going to rise with the <laughs> mutation to help to guide us. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is I know it's kind so, of weird. I mean, I, I love weird. <laughs> I am. All I imagine. I've actually heard Bashar talk uh-huh. about that. Yes, yes, Bashar exactly. About the mm-hmm. Sasquatch and the kind of the different, there's, there's a couple of different um, beings, races, yep. what have mm-hmm. you that use energetic portals on the planet. Yeah. And so, um, but that is absolutely fascinating. I, I would be really curious to see what type of vibrational uh, density are they are they in 4d are they in 5d like they're like well they are in 3d because they have physical bodies like us yeah. but they are transdimensional so they experience so they go into 2d and m- mirrored in 5d so they're they're sort of like um, transdimensional elementals so they're very very much aligned with you know elementals are are 2d mirroring in 5d and mm-hmm. so that's uh that's what they yeah and, but they but they are transdimensional, so they can become fully three D, and they do live fully three D as well. Right, right, right. That transdimensional aspect, yeah, is something that fascinates me because we all have transdimensional DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, you experience it if you've ever gone been on drugs. It's like there there's just something in your brain that is yeah. lifting off the walls of something that your DNA is naturally designed to do, which is go yeah. transdimensional. And so uh, another thing that we're doing in hypnotherapy and the waking up process is to just teach the cells of the body that we can live in a higher mm-hmm. density field and, and frequency. And, um, well, and the way that I teach or the way that, you know, again, my guides, I downloaded it is that we are 3D. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. And we are transitioning to be 5D. But the fact is, no matter what, we are multidimensional and we have the birthright to live all of the dimensions while this is the focus and the, we're contributing to this one as the point of focus, as that's how Abraham Hicks says it, right? She says the point yeah. of focus, so she's referring to the 3D. But we have the right to resource and also parallel live in all of the dimensions. Yeah, dimensions. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The um, the collective that I channel is a, it's a collective in the Pleiades. It's a Pleiades. Oh, good. I call it, I call her Colette. I just call oh, her I love Colette. it. <laughs> she is a sunshine. She is a big gigantic ball of sunshine. But she ex- explains their reality um, very similar in a, in a in a in a context where they are living multiple lives in multiple timelines yeah. in one. You know, she's like, it's very hard for you to understand because you are so focused in this one linear uh, construct that you're in. But in the higher dimensional density realms, they are truly simultaneously living out different experiences. And therefore you are, you are Colette. You're one of Colette's lives. Mm -hmm. Or she's one of yours, the same thing, you know? Yeah, I I go back and forth with her on that. And she tells me all the time, no, I am your guide. And I'm like, but you're my inner being. And she goes, no, I'm, I'm your guide. And I'm like, but you're me. And she's like, 
I am your guide. And so I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time honestly understanding, but, but back to the concept of Abraham Hicks, where she mm-hmm. says like, um, it's already happening right now. You just have to catch up to it. Yeah. It's because it's quite literally, there's all of these different versions of ourselves that are happening and mm-hmm. we choose the frequency of where we want to be. And we catch up to that version because it's quite literally all happening. Right but it, it is. And the other thing about those parallel lives and realities, that's what that's the problem with doubt. This is what I tell people. All of the parallel realities, possibilities, probabilities exist. So doubt is just you with your conditioning going, what about the shitty ones? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those exist too. Yeah. What about the ones yeah. I don't want? <laughs> and it's like, but if we just decide to okay, I mean, that's my intelligent mind. That's just a possibility as well. What if I, if I turn it to hope, which is just like, what about the good ones? The ones that I do prefer. And then we just pivot that way. Then it, you know, it's much more helpful (laughs) to tuning our magnet. Absolutely. And as a hypnotherapist, you know, the most efficient way to do that is Mm -hmm. to deconstruct the belief where it's rooted in the unconscious mind. It's just, and bring it into the body and bring it into the body you guys listen to your body yeah. your body knows so much more than you <laughs> it does well this has been amazing i need to let you go <laughs> but i want first before we go i would love for you to just tell everyone the literal ways that they can work with you what you are doing right now we have all of your information in the show notes but yeah. what what are the invitations that you can make the initiations yes. you can make. <laughs> the initiations, please. Uh, if you're a generator, respond to this. If you're a projector, I offer you my personal invitation to message me. Instagram is a great place to get a hold of me at Trance Change Hypnosis. And um, I also have a website linked to my bio. Um, I offer hypnotherapy sessions. I don't really do packages because everybody is different. I support your healing. So it's kind of a one-off thing. Sometimes people come back the week later, sometimes they'll come back a month later. Sometimes they'll come back. Sometimes I won't hear from them. And, and then their, their friend will come to me and say, you changed my friend's life forever. She's a completely <laughs> different person, right? So hypnotherapy, absolutely. I also do full on uh, human design chart readings, um, uh, chart analysis. And so I do an hour, hour and a half long, let's sit down and help you understand who you're designed to be. And I have just started opening up a, um, Uh, coaching again. So I'm a certified coach three times over. And now with the information I know about human design, I've decided to specifically uh, coach parents who want to raise their kids and their design. And then um, if I have a client who just needs human design coaching, um, I'm also doing that too. And I'm uh, starting a company with my teacher Um, and so there will be more coaches in my company other than us. We're going to have a manifesting generator coach, a projector coach. Oh, I love it. Um, so we're going to have different, if you want to be coached by type. Mm -hmm. Uh, so follow me on Instagram. That's the best way to connect with me. I love to do consultations so that people it's a mini chart read. I spend Mm -hmm. 20 minutes reading your human design chart and answering any questions you have about hypnotherapy. I like to get to know the people that I work with. Um, this is not some, you know, Ponzi scheme or anything like that. This is a, you are a human being and I want to get to know you so that I can help you to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let me go from there. That's amazing. Everyone do find Tressa. I love your Instagram. That's what I said. You know, that's how I found you. And I'm just blown away by how much fun. I mean, you'll have to come back on if you will, or maybe we collaborate. I don't know what the deal is, but 
I'm meeting one of my long lost old friends and that we've traveled together. I feel that. And and here we are again, like coming together yes. and saying like, let's do this. Yes. Let's do this thing. Right. I yes. feel that in I, you really. I deeply feel that. And uh, my teacher, Danny has a podcast, the human design oh, advantage. Good. Oh, good. And we have a couple of projectors, I mean, reflectors. Oh, cool. And we want to put together an episode where we get a couple of you reflectors and I would be so happy if you'd be able to make that sometime. Oh, I would love that. Absolutely. I've been getting so many like clarifications on reflector, you know, I was, I'm going to let you go, but like just this one, it was like, I had this person who, who's a business coach and she was trying to sell me in a way. And, and she was trying to coach me to move faster on my decision. And I was like, I, I it's not here. It's not even just that. I need to, I, you can't coach a reflector to move faster in their process. No. It's no. not even up to me. It's not, I don't have any inner authority. The field just brings it to me. If it shows, and then I will feel aligned with it, but the field brings it to me. But she was like trying to coach me, like she, and she's a manifesting generator, like, you know, just someone who is indecisive and not following their authority. My authority is not else, it's out there. It'll show up when it shows up and, and, and it will also feel all right. And it's just, that's how it is. You can't coach a reflector to move faster. You can't, mm -hmm. I can't do anything about it except just observe and mm -hmm. alchemize and see what happens. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of underrepresentation. A lot of people just making assumptions and they just say the same thing. Like you have to be in the right place and wait for the moon. <laughs> it's like, that's not, yeah, I get it. Okay. But like, I'm <laughs> also human, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a lot, it's a lot more. And you know, I'm always honored to ask reflectors and I would like to do this on air so that everybody knows that when you're in front of a reflector and I, I'm going to say to everybody else that what I said to you in the beginning, at this point in my career, I could really care less about anybody else's opinions. But when you come across a reflector and a healed reflector, not, no less, um, I would love to hear your opinion. Like, can you please reflect back to me how I am doing uh, with all of your honesty and, and wisdom and directness. I would, I would love to experience that from you. Oh gosh. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that we see the big picture. We see the whole picture and, and we have to like, it, if it can't be accepted, it just can't be accepted and that's fine. But it, <laughs> by the way, when I'm not, when I do share in the right appropriate situation and people can't see it and can't accept it. It doesn't matter. I just am there to anchor that energy and then it turns out and I don't, you know, get any congratulations. Like you're right. That thing totally went the left. If center, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't need it either. I'm like, that's fine. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. here um, holding that space and being that transmutation space resonant container anyway but yeah i would love to have that yeah i would love to be a part of your uh, work in any way this has just been so amazing tressa uh gosh yeah, yeah. I, I thank you so much for coming on it's and sharing all of us that you have mm. yeah absolutely you are uh such a i want to say ray of sunshine but you're a, a moon you're a moonbeam over over there so thank you for <laughs> sliding into my dms i can't even tell you how amazing this was so it's such a pleasure to meet you Likewise. I love her enthusiasm, her depth of wisdom, how much she has brought into her skill set and just her curiosity about all things 
human, and not even just all things human design, all things human, all things of this life. We uh, we have decided that we are BFFs now, and you may be seeing her on the podcast more, but we, we have a lot of uh, work we're going to continue to do together because our missions seem to overlap a lot. So check her out. Check out those those links in the in the show notes. And um, also check out my links in the show notes because I might have some really some things that are really right for us to resonate on and for me to be your guide in some way, for me to be your Sherpa if you are um, open to expanding your journey in some way, if you are seeking, perhaps that's in the alignment for us as well. So again, I want to invite you to please follow the show and also please leave a review if you enjoy this. I would love to hear your feedback and I would love to see your stars. And so, you know, just it's another way for us to fill our light quotient. And so with that, I'm just so grateful for you being here, grateful that you are shining your light on our beautiful world. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Thank you.